When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The New York Giants beat the clock. They are giving quarterback Daniel Jones a long-term extension, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. It is a four-year extension, a reported $160 million contract with $35 million in incentives. That means the franchise tag is being placed on running back Saquon Barkley, a tender of just north of $10 million. 2020 for the 2023 season. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle with you on this very busy NFL Tuesday. Now, this was the news that we were expecting for a while. It felt like the sides, the Giants and the and Daniel Jones were a lot closer than what we were expecting Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to be. But when you average this thing out, four years, $160 million, I'm not surprised that he is end up making that amount because this that's $40 million a year. This guy just won a playoff game, and that's more than Derek Carr can say. That's more than Lamar Jackson can say, at least from this past season. So Daniel Jones, if that's the new standard, $40 million a year for a quarterback who had frankly, one good season, Nick, and has one playoff win to his name, then that's going to mean some big things down the line for the quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, like Tua, like um, Jalen Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Joe Burrow, those who are next in line to potentially earn their big payday. Courtney Cronin, there are quarterbacks all across the country right now that are saying, thank you, Daniel Jones, because you have set this tone now for everybody else coming behind him, and he has made all this money that I don't think many people forget New York in the NFL thought he could hit after the season or the seasons that he had had prior to this one. So more power to him for waiting, for finding a groove in this new offense and for being the quarterback they thought they were drafting. But what I would ask you as you talk to people around the league is, even though that Daniel Jones had a hell of a year, do you get the sense that people think that Daniel Jones is the guy who can carry the Giants potentially all the way through a postseason? Not necessarily. I think they were stuck between a rock and a hard place for a number of different reasons. Because if you challenge him and say, we're not giving you this long-term deal, we'll tag you, you know, that goes, it's a direct hit on your cap. They didn't want to have to go the franchise tag route. They wanted to save that for Saquon Barkley, and fortunately for them, they did, Nick. And that's a $10 million hit for them in 2023 for a running back that's not a bad deal by any stretch. And we expect that they could work out a long-term deal by the time the deadline rolls around for that in the summertime. But with all that said... Do you really want to risk having Daniel Jones make more or you know or even make less somewhere else in free agents somewhere else like you know other teams in free agency seeking his services and then you tell Brian Dable and Mike Kafka make magic with Tyrod Taylor go you know find another quarterback that is less expensive that you're able to win games with considering he pulled so many strings this year to make this happen 
And that's not something that you can replicate every single year. So to build that continuity, you think you have to have a Daniel Jones because you found out what works. Put a strong running game around Daniel Jones next year when you can actually improve his wide receiver core. You can improve his offensive line. Maybe he's able to take the next step because the reason they didn't pick up his fifth-year option last year going into you know this final year of his contract was because they weren't sure they weren't sold on him being the guy he was drafted by a different staff Mm -hmm. had multiple coaches it was a tough situation for him but now that you're saying hey we are sold on you and we're going to give you the guarantee within this contract that shows you were sold on you I think this is a team that has their plan in place to move forward now indefinitely knowing that you got your two most important pieces on offense locked up potentially do a long-term deal, obviously, with Daniel Jones. And we do expect that they'll at least be at the negotiating table soon with Saquon Barkley to do the same. I have an NBA comparison for the Daniel Jones situation that I'm curious about what you think. Over seven, eight years ago, the Chicago Bulls wanted to give Jimmy Butler four years, about $44 million. And Jimmy said, no, 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 no. I'm a max player. I'm going to show you. And at the end of the season, you're going to max me out. Well, so he goes and wins the Most Improved Player of the Year award. The Bulls max him out, but they screw up their salary cap structure moving forward because nobody expected Jimmy to take that kind of leap. I feel, having watched Daniel Jones last year in Dable's offense and seen what he was able to unlock, that there are similarities there. But what I wonder about now is, does all the money and all the extra expectations impact the play that we saw last year for a guy who was so clearly motivated to show that he could get to this point in his career. That's always what you have to worry about. There being the natural drop off that I got paid. I don't have to necessarily worry about what I'm going to be doing next year because I've got this four year, $160 million contract with 35 million in incentives. I'm good. But I think that that's the part about these NFL contracts that keep guys wanting to earn because they aren't all fully guaranteed. Very few are, especially at the quarterback spot where year after year, you've got to stay healthy. A lot of times for these like injury incentives within the contracts and guaranteed at signing for injury only, that keeps you motivated to earn the entirety of your contract, not just a portion of it. So I think they were onto something special last year. I really do. I think that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are a good are a good match together. I think, you know, bringing an offensive mind like Brian Dable and, you know, frankly, the entire staff. I mean, defensively with Wink Martindale, all of the things that they had to overcome and some of the ways that they had to, like, work around deficiencies from a talent perspective to be able to field a good football team, a team that won a playoff game on the road. Let's not forget that. But in spite of their hot start, wherever they were, like, you know, starting out the season like 6-0 and and then, you know, running into – you know, a buzzsaw there in the middle of the season where they lost to Detroit, to Dallas. They tied that game against Washington, lost to Philadelphia. Like, down the stretch of the season, they didn't play very good football. They won two games in the last month and a half of the year, two games since November 20th. That's not great, and that doesn't include the playoff game, but I would like to see what the totality of a good season for the New York Jets looks like before New York Giants looks like before I'm willing to go all in and say, hey, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, this is, this, is a t- this is a duo that's going to lead you to the playoffs and, and do it pretty frequently. They need to prove it more, there's no question. But the part that you and I both agree on is when you have continuity in pro sports, certainly in the NFL, and you're able to bring back the star players 
who help deliver you to a certain level. That's what every team wants. Every team wants to build on the strong future that they put into place. And in this case, building what they started to see uh, gain some gain some weight with, with Dayball in that coaching staff that you mentioned. So when you're talking about being able to bring back the core of an offense that really showed signs of life and a defense that seems to be coming along uh, as the season went by and we'll get a whole nother year to learn from this staff, I think the Giants should feel great about the day they've had and the fact that you're going to want players like Jones and Barkley to want to stay long-term, and they've got to be feeling great about what they've invested and what they've been able to achieve so far. A $40 million a year average on his contract. That would make him the eighth highest paid quarterback currently in the NFL. Daniel Jones gets paid, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, a four-year deal worth $160 million with $35 million in incentives. And that means, by default, franchise tag goes to running back Saquon Barkley. So the core stays intact in New York, headed into the 2023 season. The Giants racing up until the finish line to be able to get this deal done ahead of the franchise tag deadline. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle sitting in for Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. So the news that we get from New York, we go down to Baltimore where things are a little different. The franchise tag was used on quarterback Lamar Jackson earlier today, but it was not the exclusive tag worth roughly $45 million. It was the non-exclusive tag that has a $32.4 million tender for 2023. This means that Lamar Jackson now has time to go out and seek other offers. So if another team, not named the Baltimore Ravens, matches this offer sheet, he has to go back to Baltimore and say, hey, what do you guys think? You want to match this? You want to go above it? Because if you don't, I'm gone and you get two first-round picks in exchange for me, which... Frankly, even though we heard Eric DaCosta's statement statement earlier this afternoon, Nick, I feel like he's as good as gone because of the point that it took to get here where they had months and months and months to let something happen to come to some sort of common ground between Lamar Jackson and his party. Remember, he is not represented by an NFLPA certified agent. He represents himself. No common ground was able to be reached on a long-term deal between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And when we were talking with Dan Graziano earlier, he brought something up, or ESPN NFL Insider, that you know you don't want to get to the point where he's so upset about being franchise tagged and with the non-exclusive tag being a step below that $45 million, which is all fully guaranteed, that he says, I don't want to play there anymore. Aren't we already there? Like, it, to, to me, like, when, when Grouse said that, I kind of raised my eyebrow because I was like, doesn't it feel like we're already kind of at this point where Lamar has basically said, I'm done with the Baltimore Ravens and I'm going to go somewhere else? It feels that way, Courtney. And I think when you start to uh, to see what has popped out from Lamar when, when he's tweeted something, what his teammates have been saying, the frustration that has been brewing – and has seemingly built up over the last couple seasons, appears to be coming to a head now. And if you're Lamar and if you're the guys in that room, you've got to wonder the same thing. If I go out and produce at the level that I have been 
and I go win the MVP, why is it that I still can't get paid for all the good things that I've done? And he's going to run into that, I think, with some other teams because he does have the injury concern. It's not that you know teams aren't going to value what he's done over the course of his career. A 2019 unanimous MVP, growing as a passer every single year he's been in the league. It's the injury concerns. I mean, last year the knee injury that kept him out the entire you know you know month of December and into the their you know their wild card game against the Cincinnati Bengals. I wonder how many teams are going to look at that and say, hey, you have been injured at points you know, throughout your career. We're not going to go and give you what you potentially are looking for, but we will match this offer sheet, maybe give you more than that. If he's seeking a fully guaranteed deal, if it's Deshaun Watson sort of money, I don't think he's going to get it. But I do think if he's looking for something that's a more reasonable figure, he could probably get that fully guaranteed, maybe slow down on the number of years that you're seeking or potentially even you know that figure because he had 133 million on the table that would have been fully guaranteed of the entire deal that the Ravens offered him back in September he chose not to take it because it wasn't fully guaranteed but we shall see I mean there's going to be suitors there's going to be plenty of teams who are interested in Lamar Jackson as their next quarterback one of them though is apparently not going to be the Atlanta Falcons. ESPN's Diana Rossini reporting that the Falcons are not interested in matching that offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. Why is that? ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano was on with us moments ago trying to make sense of why the Falcons wouldn't be interested in Lamar Jackson. The team that you kept hearing through all this was Atlanta, and it made a lot of sense, but I guess there's some reporting out there um, in the last few minutes that indicate that they are not going to pursue him. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing like if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers and, or Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, do they, do they make an effort? Do they make a big swing uh, at quarterback? If Carolina can't get the guy they want in the draft, like, you know, you know they've been desperate uh, for a quarterback. Maybe they make that effort. The Raiders, if they can't figure out their solution with their, you know, their first couple plans. So, I mean, he is the kind of guy. And this is why, like, the Falcons theoretically – Desmond Ritter a little bit, and they're willing to see what they have in him. But if the opportunity for a massive upgrade presents itself, uh, then then they look at it. Now, it doesn't sound like they will, but think of other teams that could say the same thing. This is a special player who's been an MVP and accomplished things in the league other people have not. I don't understand that because it would be a massive upgrade. Your roster right now, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota is headed towards retirement. Everyone knows that. Desmond Ritter was a third-round pick, and you're not exactly sure what you have in him. Unless you think you can move from eight to one to try to draft someone, how would you not want to spend that money on Lamar Jackson when you know you have the capability of doing it, and all it's going to take is two first-round draft picks, sending those to the Baltimore Ravens if you were to match this offer sheet. Courtney, you were just at the Combine in Indianapolis. I am sure that Lamar Jackson's situation was a topic of conversation throughout everyone's time there. As you started talking to executives across the NFL, what do they think has been the holdup here in Baltimore, and why can't they get this deal done? Because of the fully guaranteed contract, because the precedent that was set, which was not Lamar Jackson's fault, that Cleveland said, hey, Deshaun Watson, you haven't played in more than a calendar year, but by the way, here's $230 million for your time, all of it fully guaranteed. 
that threw off the market. And it's unfortunate because quarterbacks now, at least the ones that you know were up for contract, thought, hey, they might have a chance at it. Russell Wilson did not get a fully guaranteed contract. Uh, Kyler Murray did not get a fully guaranteed contract. The next two big quarterback dominoes to fall after Deshaun Watson signed his deal last March. And Lamar Jackson probably not headed towards that same $230 million figure. And everyone I spoke with in Indy talked about the fact that that's been the sticking point, that it's more of a principle thing at this point. Now that like this thing is dragged on months and months and months, and we're in a situation where he, I feel like there's something he's trying to stand on here because he represented himself throughout these negotiations, and he knows that he's a special player. I don't think he's looking for $230 million. I really don't. I think that he is looking for something that is fully guaranteed to pay him what he's worth. And if he's not going to get that or anywhere close to it, he's going to go find it somewhere else. Because I just think the gap between himself and the Baltimore Ravens and the lack of communication throughout the offseason. Remember, Todd Munkin was just hired as their offensive coordinator. And during that process, or really before that process, we were told that Lamar Jackson was going to have a say in who the new play caller was in Baltimore replacing Greg Roman. As far as I know, I don't know how, I don't think he was all that involved in those conversations. So it just feels like it's adding more insult to injury and that this thing is completely dissipated to this point where right now you have a situation where he might be like two or three feet out the door. And this is just a formality thing where they get the seven days to match the offer sheet once another team comes in and puts an offer because you know another team's going to do that. The only thing it tells me as I've watched this situation unfold, Courtney, is there is something inside that Baltimore Ravens organization that leads them to believe that there is doubt that Lamar can be that guy who gets them all the way through. You mentioned the injury concerns. The way he plays is different than so many other guys, but he's a superstar in the league as a former MVP who has shown the capability to do things that we haven't seen before. So I just don't think after all this time that they're going to be able to come to some sort of resolution. And if you're Lamar Jackson and the people he trusts around him, you have got to be certain that while the guaranteed money may not be there in Baltimore, it will be there once you start looking from somebody else. The Ravens want to keep, wanted to keep him there. They still want to keep him there, but it's not entirely going to be on his terms. He's thought to still be that sticking point, the fully guaranteed or largely guaranteed contract at market level of the best-paid quarterback in the NFL, but he's missed 34% of his games the last two seasons due to injuries. You can understand the Ravens' side in these negotiations, but that doesn't mean that Lamar Jackson does not deserve to get paid. And frankly, some team out there, we know how important the quarterback position is in the NFL and if you don't have it set you're probably not winning a lot of games or at least you're not stable uh you don't have a culture of stability in winning games somebody's gonna pay him just gonna be interesting to see who gets into the mix because as we start getting towards free agency and all of the dominoes start falling in rapid succession Lamar Jackson will be next we'll see if he ends up back with the Baltimore Ravens or whether if it is with another team that matches that offer sheet and sends two first round picks back to Baltimore. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Coming up next, switching gears, and we will get back into the investigation surrounding one of the NBA's brightest young stars. This is ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle with you on this Tuesday afternoon. The guys are back tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, exactly 24 hours from right now. We've got a big announcement from Canty and Carlin tomorrow right here on ESPN Radio. But right now we turn our attention to the John Morant situation that has been developing both out of Colorado and out of Memphis. Courtney Cronin and Nick Friedle with you on this afternoon. And, and what we're dealing with now, from what we know, Ramona Shelburne, your colleague over in the NBA realm at ESPN, says that there's no definitive timetable for John Morant to return to the team. Taylor Jenkins had his press conference on Sunday before the team lost to the L.A. Clippers, and that came one day after the video surfaced on John Morant's Instagram account of him brandishing a gun in what appeared to be a strip club with the team on the road having played Denver and losing to Denver on Friday night. So the latest on this is that there's an investigation ongoing in the state of Colorado on Monday, according to Ramona's reporting, Nick. Police in Colorado said they're investigating whether Morant broke any laws because that video is believed to have been filmed in Glendale, Colorado, where, you know, it's a small part of a suburb of Denver. Uh, that's known for strip clubs and shopping centers. That is what Ramona says in her reporting. And the the idea here is that there could be some criminal activity because according to Colorado state law, a person is not allowed to possess a firearm while intoxicated. Now, it does feel like there would be kind of some difficulty to prove that unless there was some sort of toxicology report that was done when this happened. But either way... John Morant's in hot water right now because it's not just this two-game absence, and it was not called a suspension. I think that was done a little, um, you know, it was kind of calculated why they didn't call it a suspension. But what do you make, I guess, of this two-game leave of absence that feels like it could be far longer? Courtney, it feels like the NBA is going to have a major say in this really soon because while you can say leave of absence and you can say, ah, Ja's working on himself, at some point Adam Silver has to come in and say, 
we are not going to allow this type of behavior. And as you referenced, it's been happening now with Ja. There have been uh, several stories that have come out in the last few weeks where this seems to be an ongoing problem. I just feel bad for Ja Morant, and I feel bad for the NBA in this case because this was one of the next faces of the league. Courtney, Ja Morant was in line, and I still think he has a chance to be in line, as getting the push, the push from the league, the push from his own organization, the push from everybody within the NBA as one of the next faces of the league. And that is a huge responsibility for any young player. But once you get that push, there is a certain level that everybody respect, uh, expects you to to be on. And Ja very clearly, from his own actions, isn't ready for that type of responsibility in the moment. Now, what happens in the short term, we'll see. But the entire conversation about the Memphis Grizzlies has changed over the last month or two here because everybody thought before the season, even into the season, they were ready to challenge, get through the West and into the finals. And now there is so much uncertainty as to when Ja will play again, how he will respond to all the different uh, self-created circumstances and distractions he's caused for himself and his team. And if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan, you've just got to feel awful about all of it because you knew what was there and you knew that it feels like it's slipping away now. It's unfortunate for the whole team, but so much of this is self-inflicted. They're the two seed right now in the West. Brandon Clark just out for the season with an Achilles injury that he sustained at the end of last week. Obviously, that one's not self-inflicted, but Dylan Brooks got suspended for that Clippers game because he had his 16th technical foul in the season, and we know that you know that stuff keeps accumulating. You can't keep your cool. This is an issue that we've seen affect teams once they get into the postseason. That's one thing. And then all of this with John Moran, it's a culmination of things that he can, at least publicly, dating back to that incident with the traveling party, his party, and the traveling party of the Indiana Pacers in January, where they claim, several people inside the FedEx Forum claim that seen out of a vehicle Ja was traveling in came a laser, which somebody believed was attached to a gun. Ja, at that point, went on Twitter, said that the NBA's investigation was basically a farce and that this there was nothing to this. Well, Go back to Wednesday last week. There was a story posted by the Washington Post that detailed two separate incidences involving John Morant last summer that resulted in police involvement, but no arrests were made. One of them where allegedly a 17-year-old boy claims that John Morant emerged from his house with a gun and threatened him after getting into a fight with him and punching him multiple times in the face. Another incident took place apparently with a mall security guard in a parking lot, both of which happened not too far apparently from where John Morant lives. So those two things get released on Wednesday. He decides on Friday after a loss in Denver to go to a gentleman's establishment and flash a gun at 519 in the morning on Instagram Live. And I think what really messes me up about this whole thing When you talk about it being self-inflicted, Ja puts the statement out. He apologizes to no one in particular. He says, you know, his family, his teammates, the fans, whatever. But then he says, I need to find better ways of coping with stress and with, you know, basically managing his life. If you're at this point, like you're, you're far 
gone, in my opinion. I think this is, you know, you're, you, you, how many times is it going to take for you to have these wake-up calls, right? Because, like, you're sitting on a $195 million max rookie extension, and you're about to throw that away because you had to go flex on Instagram Live. Like, I don't know who you're trying to impress here. Is it the people who, you know... Who who is it? Like, what? Tell me. Like, because I know that he got a lot of flack after the first incident that happened, you know, against the uh, you know against the Indiana Pacers, where people were claiming, oh, well, you're not from the hood, you're from this part of South Carolina. And I don't know if he's trying to act like he's something he's not, or he was upset about that. But it just feels like every single time there's been a misstep, every time he's been able to get out of his own way, he steps in it. And this path is becoming murkier and murkier for someone who's effectively throwing away his future before our eyes. Courtney, the the quick part of this also is not only his job screwing up his short-term professional future, this is a guy who had all kinds of endorsement deals lined up. He had the new shoe coming out. Everything is on the table. And you just are frustrated as not only a journalist but a basketball fan that somebody around him – couldn't say this is not the direction to go and now somebody else has to stand up and say you have too much on the line and you've earned too much already to throw it all away doing all of this type of stuff yeah it's it's unfortunate and I know that people say oh he's 23 years old he's young you're sitting on millions if you were in that situation what would you do I think anybody who who can think rationally here would say that being around guns has consequences. And Jaws having to pay for those consequences right now, and we'll see if it ends up being longer than a two-game leave of absence from the team, certainly feels, given the investigation that's going on in Colorado right now, that the NBA's involvement and potentially a longer suspension, an actual suspension, could be on the line for Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Straight ahead, is it possible that NFL owners may have been colluding Against Lamar Jackson in a fully guaranteed contract, that's what one of our NFL experts believes. And you're going to hear from him in moments. Coming up next on Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Crone and Nick Friedle sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
Lamar Jackson has been tagged. It is the non-exclusive franchise tag, a $32.4 million tender that will allow Lamar, starting on Monday, to negotiate with other teams. And they are able to match that offer sheet, to exceed that offer sheet. And if they do... The Baltimore Ravens then have a chance, Nick, to match that, exceed it in their own right. And if they don't, Lamar can walk, go to a new team, and that team would have to give the Baltimore Ravens two first-round picks in exchange. But that doesn't really – that's not part of the conversation at all as we're you know, pertaining to what potentially was happening behind the scenes. According to Ryan Clark, ESPN football analyst who is on NFL Live right now, he believes that NFL owners are behind the reason that Lamar Jackson has not gotten the deal that he wants to stay in Baltimore. Let's be clear. The NFLPA, I was part of the executive committee. They've sued the NFL for collusion before, and that was in the uncapped year. And if you believe that all these teams and executives and owners aren't upset with the deal that Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland, then you've absolutely lost your mind. And when Adam says that the team or that Baltimore has an idea of what the market can be, we know the combine is less about those dudes on the field and more about the conversations going on between between traders and between free agents and having those conversations. And if you don't think that collusion is a part of this league and the league understands that we don't want to continue giving these guaranteed deals out, then you're absolutely out of your mind. If you're clutching your pearls at what Ryan Clark said there and thinking, oh my gosh, how could that have possibly happened? Well, I need to take you back to August 9th, 2022, when there was a meeting in Minneapolis, the NFL's Players Association, alleging shortly thereafter that league owners and or executives in this league meeting discussed not agreeing to any further player contracts with fully guaranteed salaries. And there was a memo that was obtained And in which it said, you know, the NFLPA had asked an arbitrator to award damages to permit, quote, certain quarterbacks who have been adversely affected by the collusive agreement to terminate their current player contracts. So the idea that NFL owners have colluded is what Ryan Clark was putting out there to prevent these sorts of contracts, the one that Deshaun Watson got from taking place and really messing up the entire marketplace for quarterbacks. This is not a new theory. It very well may be a legitimate one, though, that affects Lamar Jackson in not getting the type of deal that he wants. Courtney, it sounds more and more, and Ryan put even more oomph behind what surely a lot of people in the NFL feel. They don't, <laughs> the owners don't want the, it to turn into the NBA. They don't want to give out those guaranteed dollars. They don't want to be on the hook for a depreciating asset, in this case, a quarterback who may get injured or may not play up to the level that we're used to seeing. And I can understand where that's coming from, but as somebody who actually covers the league and is around these conversations all the time, do you feel like that is a feeling felt by people within the NFL uh, throughout the year? When it comes to Deshaun Watson's contract, that was such an anomaly. It was such an outlier. It was never going to be what anyone 
was able to achieve beyond Deshaun Watson last year because Cleveland got desperate. They're a team that deals in cash, not just the salary cap. They have a lot of capital. I mean, you know, you can look at what their ownership group with the Haslam's. They just purchased minority stake in the Milwaukee Bucks. They're fine. So clearly they've got money to blow, which they did with Deshaun Watson. And I think that the other owners on the 31 other teams are looking at that saying, we cannot compete with that. Let's not set a precedent here where we have to start offering fully guaranteed contracts to that magnitude. And I'm not going to go as far to say that that like was 100% the case here with Lamar Jackson and that all the NFL owners got together and talked about this and said, Baltimore, don't you dare do that. But I think the idea is one that's shared by owners in the NFL because if you open Pandora's box here, you are creating the path for more player empowerment, which is not good for business if you're an NFL owner. Let's think about this realistically. You're right, Nick. They do not want to turn this into the NBA where players can, you know, write their own path via, you know, public trade requests and, and fully guaranteed contracts give players more power than the owners. But this is something that I think is not going to go away because there's going to be someone else who is of the caliber of Lamar Jackson or even better at the quarterback position who's going to want a deal like that. Maybe it's Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's Joe Burrow. Think about the quarterbacks that are in line for contract extensions this offseason. Someone's going to get close, whether it's a fully guaranteed or mostly guaranteed deal. And that could really put a wrench in things for NFL owners that at that point they're no longer able to hide from. With At least with these owners, they can look at Lamar and say, hey, you've missed 34% of your games over the last two years. But when it's somebody healthy, see if they can if that argument holds the same sort of weight. Well, there's no way, Courtney, because you and I both know that being an NFL quarterback is one of the most difficult positions to hold and to maintain at at a high level. So I am with you completely. It's only a matter of time and whether or not Lamar Jackson gets what he wants out of these negotiations that have reached uh, epic proportions at this point of, of frustration on both sides. Somebody is going to break down these NFL owners and more guaranteed money will come into play, the likes of which we haven't seen yet. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Crone and Nick Friedle sitting in for the guys talking all things franchise tag deadline. Lamar Jackson has been tagged by the Baltimore Ravens, the non-exclusive tag of $32.4 million for the 2023 season. What does it all mean? We're going to go out to Baltimore and talk with an expert next, helping us make sense of the franchise tag deadline and Lamar Jackson, where the Ravens stand. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.